Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. And in that light, I'm always scouring the globe for entrepreneurs, influencers, leaders, doing things on the cutting edge, recording those conversations, insights, and sharing them with the masses. So today is all going to be all about uh, emotional in physical wellness. I have a guest, Yogi Aaron uh, from Costa Rica, and he's going to talk to us all about uh, yoga and the benefits of yoga, posturing. So it's going to be a fantastic conversation. So I'll bring him onto the show and let him introduce himself. So Yogi Aaron, welcome. Thank you so much for having me here and reaching out to me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, tell us, uh, like I said, I'm looking at the art or the philosophy of yoga incorporates so many elements and it's so such a fascinating subject um tell us more about your journey your story and how you got started so there's so many ways i could i could describe my story (laughs) i started yoga when i was 18 years old and i really started it more for the physical part of the practice. The spiritual part didn't really interest me so much at that moment. I really wanted to become more quote unquote flexible. Um, I always equated flexibility with more health and more um, uh, youthfulness, like to keep a youthful body and to look fabulous. And I, my yoga journey, you know, sort of evolved every decade. I just got deeper into sort of more the spiritual part of it. And when I'm talking about spiritual, I don't mean like, I'm not talking about religion or God at this time. I'm really talking about, for me, spirituality means many things, but I think at the top of the list, it means how happy I am in life, how much am I contributing, um, how much am I in touch with purpose. So that, that to me is what spirituality is about. And as I've gotten into yoga more and more, it's really taken me down, you know, that path and and opened up. I think the universe of limitless possibility keeps opening up to me. And I realize, and, and I know this is such a cliche statement because everybody uses it, but I don't think a lot of people really practice it or understand what it means, like how limited we are in our mind. For me, my yoga practice has always helped me to push the boundaries of my mind so that I can really understand that I can expand the possibilities of what I can do and who I can be in this world. Yeah. 
Very interesting. Um, I like this idea of religion versus spirituality. And as our collective consciousness continues to evolve, you see that, you know, religion is man-made. Spirituality is more of a deeper, um, and which I really find yoga extremely fascinating because it incorporates so many elements. And um, we'll talk about, I know you authored a book. Um, we'll talk about, seems like the idea is muscle activation and stretching and flexibility. So tell us the secret to staying young through <laughs> yeah, so right behind me, I have my book, uh, Stop Stretching, yeah. a new approach to master your body and live pain-free. And I was kind of chuckling when I was talking about why I wanted to start stretching, because I think a lot of people, and I've discovered this more and more, like, like if you ask people why you should stretch, it's usually, not always, but usually those two top reasons, I want to stay youthful, and I want to, you know, look good, I want to look healthy. I want to feel healthy. What happened to me when I started stretching at a very young age is I injured myself. Hmm. And what I did to repair that was stretch more, which then led to more injuries. And it kind of took me, I'm embarrassed to say, it really took me 25 years to figure that out, uh -huh. um, how much stretching was causing instability. Um, and, you know, there's some real science behind it that we're just starting, I think, to understand even in just the, the last five years or so, more or less, about why that is. But what I've come to learn is that by stretching, I'm decreasing. And as a chiropractor, and, and I'm sure there's other medical professionals here, that when we stretch, we decrease the proprioception between the brain and the muscle. And in also, well, there's another side to it too. It's like, why is the muscles tight to begin with? Well, the muscle is tight because it's lost connection between the brain and the muscle. Hmm. And so if you're trying to reestablish that connection, the worst thing to do is actually to stretch. Um, and stretching doesn't really fix muscle tightness anyways. Um, if you kind of look at like people who suffer, like, from, from tight muscles, they always end up having those tight muscles come back. And that was my case, like my hamstrings. My hamstrings are almost as tight today than they were when I was 18, you know, and they haven't really improved that much um, just to a large degree. And what, but what is more true is that the instability in my body got worse and worse and worse. And it kind of all culminated about five-ish years ago when I ended up in a surgeon's office, an orthopedic surgeon's office, who said, we think you're going to need to have a spinal fusion. And that was like a huge wake-up call. Like, and, and I have to tell you, you know, that for me, that was such a burst of my ego because I'm like all about alignment. Like I get so tired of people saying to me, like, you don't understand alignment or you're not aligned. And it's like, I understand my body really well. And I understand alignment and I understand a lot of these things and nothing was working. And it was such a huge, like letdown for me internally. I was actually just talking to another yoga teacher yesterday who was telling me of a similar pain story that she was experiencing 
And she was saying like, she felt so much shame around having this issue because she's like, I'm a yoga teacher. I should know how to take care of myself. But, but the fact, this is something I kind of realized like shortly after that experience with the doctor was how little, like while I understood alignment, I did not understand anatomy. I did not understand muscle function. Mm -hmm. And I realized like how little I understood in that area. So that kind of propelled me into studying a technique called muscle activation technique, yeah. um, which was invented by Greg Roscoff. And it's one of the very few, if only modalities where you can actually go in and like lightning quick, find where there's muscle weakness and find where you need to start focusing um, your attention so that you can start to um, effectively help the body. And as I was doing that, I, that was like the big wake up call. Like I realized, like, I really don't know anything about the human body. Then I started to ask the question, well, how can I translate this into yoga? And that's when I came up with applied yoga anatomy and muscle activation. It's, it's not MAT. It's taking some of the core ideas of MAT, if you will. But then how do we translate that into a yoga world? So I no longer teach stretching. I teach people how to activate, how to engage, which sounds intense, but it's really not. It's actually a, a very easy and gentle, I think, and less painful process, like practice. Because if you ask people like why they don't do yoga, you get a list of reasons. But sometimes at the top, is because it's too painful. What I teach is not. <laughs> oh, which is interesting because it's kind of counterintuitive because with people with uh, yoga, people think, you know, you can super flexible, you know, all these different poses. And then you're saying that um, stop stretching, which is, you know, kind of, there's like a shift, like a, it's kind of a disconnect. Well, tell us um, the difference between stretching and yoga, which you're, what you're talking about. So, well, first of all, I think that one of the things that I'm trying to change is that a lot of, um, so if you ask people what they think about when they think about yoga, it's always stretching and flexibility. And I'm trying to flip that script because first of all, I think, you know, it's important that people hear this. There is no mention anywhere in any yoga scripture anywhere that you need to be flexible and that you should stretch to do a practice. That is sort of a Western invention, if you will. Now, sure, there's like pictures of Indian people doing these poses. You have to kind of understand the intention behind it. The intention behind it was never to stretch, quote unquote, the body. The intention was to move energy in the body. So I'm happy to have that discussion. That's a big can of worms like to open up. Yeah. But what I'm trying to do is to flip the script on, on stretching and flexibility in the yoga world and get back to what yoga is about, which is, you know, manifesting and living our life purpose. But why, why do we need to focus on posture? Well, we need to have, you know, a well-balanced machine. One of the answers is that we need to have a well-balanced body so that we can go out and actually live our best life. You know, and, and what I will say too, and you know this too from your profession, that when people are in pain, 
They're constantly thinking about how do I manage that pain? All your life force energy, your chi, your prana, whatever you want to call it, all of it is going towards managing your pain. I know that from personal experience, by the way, many times over. And what I want to do is free people up, moksha, give people a sense of freedom in their body so they can start to take that energy and direct it towards the things that they want to direct it towards. So in terms of like, you know, in, in the yoga world, there's many different ways to practice yoga. Asana is definitely one of them. And what I'm trying to do is start to take like the asanas that we practice. And instead of focusing on stretching, what is the muscle? Where's the area of the body that we're trying to engage? So like an example would be, if you're doing like a side bend, you know, you bring your arm up over your head, wherever you are, and you just reach over to the side. Well, usually yoga teacher will say, feel the, the side expanding and opening and focus on stretching it. What I would do is actually say, bend over to the side. Now feel that side that you're bending into actually contracting, feel those muscles shortening. I would never even talk about the side that's opening. That's to me is irrelevant. What's what is relevant is those muscles that are uh, contracting. And so I think that in the yoga world, there's so and, and I would even say in the fitness world to a large degree, very few people understand a muscle's purpose. You know, a muscle's purpose is to move bones and to hold joints in place. So one of the biggest things that you hear, especially in the yoga world, but now it's starting to seep, unfortunately, into the fitness world is how much we need to open our hips. We need to have open hips. Why would you want to have open hips? You need those muscles to actually hold the hips in place because they're the suspension system of the body and they help to protect the lower back and also protect the knees into a large degree. So you need to have actually closed hips. So I am not about opening the hips at all. I think that's one of the worst things that we can say to people is you have to open your hips. It's like, why? Um, and then people say, well, we want more mobility. Well, having longer muscles is not the key to more mobility. Having muscles that can contract properly is what actually improves uh, mobility. Interesting. This is very fascinating because... Um... I'm always interested in people that talk about the counterintuitive things and kind of go against what's usually ingrained in society. One thing is, uh, what do you think, uh, what do you see as the uh, ultimate goal of yoga? And uh, you talk about uh, a yama and how does it support this aim? Sure. So, I mean, the two kind of areas of my life, if you want to say like, you know, Yogi Aaron, what is your, what are the two things that you teach people? Or what is it that you teach people? I would say that I have two pillars and one pillar is a yama and the other pillar is manifestation of purpose. Hmm. And so I, and, and I say manifestation of purpose, because I feel like at least in my interpretation um, and what's been taught to me by my teachers is that yoga, as I mentioned earlier, is about fulfilling our purpose. What does that mean? Well, I think it means a couple of things. I think it means like we all have an individual thing that we need to, you know, fulfill in this life so that we understand ourselves, you know, at a much deeper level. I also think that the real goal of yoga is to fulfill life's purpose, which is that all humans fully have an understanding of who they are, not 
not, you know, like, oh, I'm a chiropractor, I'm a yoga teacher, not that kind, but just who are we at our core? So that's the first thing. And then the second part of, of what I'm doing is yama. And for me, a yama at its core is about being more stable. You know, how do we have more stability in our life? You know, and stability is such a loaded word. Like it, <laughs> it means so many things, but you know, at a mental level, of course, you know, we need to cultivate more stability. There's there's so much confusion in the world. You know, you can just <laughs> turn on the news or open your door and we just see so much confusion. People don't know what's true anymore. And so a big part of what yoga is about is teaching us, you know, what is real, removing that cloud of confusion, but stability from an also in a yama perspective, as I mentioned earlier, is about becoming more stable in our body. If there's stability, there's less pain or no pain, hopefully. And if I'm having no pain and I have a stronger and more stable body, I can do the things that I want to do and go and experience my uh, best life. Yeah, very fascinating. Um, as we're nearing the conclusion of this uh, conversation, what do you see as the future of yoga? What is that? That's quite interesting because I always, you know, we sometimes, you know, I'm curious to see, hear your thoughts. I, you know, I, I think it can go a few different ways, but one of, one of my teachers talked about this uh, one time about 10 years ago. And, you know, there's a lot of people into like a lot of fads, you know, and, and, and you know, good or bad, right or wrong. I think that a lot of these fads, you know, and we see this a lot too in the yoga world. That's really what I'm referring to. Um, like an example of that is like hot yoga, Bikram, hot Bikram yoga. And right or wrong, it gets people in the door. You know, people, people have gotten into the door. I think there's been this huge shift in the planet where people are starting to, you know, have that seed of consciousness wake up within them and go, oh yeah, I feel better. I, you know, am breathing better. I'm not just a body, you know, that's decaying. I'm actually an eternal source within me. And when I, what I believe is going to start shifting towards more is like people waking up and, and saying, there's got to be more, what more is there? And, and I believe that we're starting to see that more and more. So I'm very hopeful uh, that people are going to embrace these different, you know, deeper and, and timeless, timeless spiritual practices to begin unraveling the mysteries of their life. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think uh, the pandemic really was a wake up, just basically knock people out of their, you know, they're basically asleep. So it woke them up and shocked people. And then so, but sometimes, you know, you need, you know, you need a world event like that to make the collective consciousness, you know, basically wake, wake up and, you know, see what's going on. So um, really great conversation. It's very fascinating because you have these really innovative ideas and um how do people follow you on social media contact you i know you check out your your book as well um, which is on amazon and possibly email you yeah no absolutely go to my website yogiaron.com and they can find everything that they want to find about me i'm also on youtube and i have a ton of really great 
uh, life-changing classes on YouTube. So there's a lot of ways that people can start to access this work. And if it inspires you, you know, take a leap and come and hang out with me in Costa Rica for a training. <laughs> there you go. For all the audience out there, uh, be sure to check out Yogi Aaron's resources and the links in show notes. Check out his uh, book on Amazon, which is titled Stop Stretching, a New Yogic Approach to Master Your Body and Live Pain-Free. He also has um, retreats down in Costa Rica if you can make it down there. So great conversation, and thanks so much for coming on to the show. Thank you, doctor. Appreciate it. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere: Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to. Thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.